Hello and welcome to the Cracking Cybersecurity Podcast. I'm Anna, editor at TICE, the leading cybersecurity site for high-level security experts. So here we are at the end of 2018, and what a year it's been in the world of cybersecurity. Barely a week went by without a story of a major breach hitting the headlines. British Airways, Cafe Pacific, Facebook, the Marriott Hotel Group, Panera Bread and Quora, to name but a few. It was also the year of GDPR, when businesses jostled to understand and implement the required privacy regulations. Was it also Facebook's Anis Haribolis, the Cambridge Analytica scandal, Russian fake news and the failure to remove child pornography were just a few of the problems that plagued Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg in recent months. So what lessons have we learned from 2018? Has GDPR delivered? And what sort of trends can we expect in 2019? I spoke with former CISO and founder and CEO of Cyber Risk Aware, Stephen Burke, at Black Hat Europe earlier this month for some of his views. As usual, I'll give you a cyber tip of the week at the end of the podcast. But first, here is Stephen, who shares his thoughts on 2018. I think it's been a year of reinforcing a message that I have been talking about for several years. Everyone is talking about artificial intelligence, machine-based learning, all these new technical defences. But the horrible reality is, is that cyber criminals have access to all the same defences themselves, so they know how to bypass them. And the whole point of that is they're targeting people, not systems. This year has seen a gargantuan shift where companies have now realised this and said we need to focus on our staff, we need to help create awareness and be seen to be helping them in their personal life as well as their work life. And that has been something we talked about. The other side of it is that for all the sophistication that you hear out there, over 90% of attacks start with a phishing email or in recent months SMS text-based phishing, which is smishing. So again, targeting people, not systems. And this is something that people need to take a step back and say, holy, I need to look at my people. The other side is back to basics. So if people are not patching systems, they're going to be found out. They're going to be exploited. So if you look at uh, the BA hack, you look at other hacks on websites, uh, Cathay Pacific being another one, um, they've all suffered breaches because of vulnerabilities that weren't patched. I often, as a former Chief Information Security Officer myself, I used to be told by the IT department, yeah, we're doing patching. And I'm like, okay, great. What patching are you doing? We're doing the desktops. Are you doing the servers? No, because we can't get downtime from the business. Are you doing applications other than the operating system? No. All those things become vulnerabilities that will be exploited. And that's what has happened in most of the main attacks this year has been a phishing email or a smishing campaign that led to an exploit exploiting the vulnerability that hadn't been patched. That is not sophisticated. That is basics not being done right. And is there a particular news story or breach that's really stuck in your mind? I think the BA one is a big one in terms of the personal data that was uh, breached. I think there's another one that's coming out now where over the last four years uh, a breach went undetected and um, people didn't know anything about it. And oftentimes you hear that 229 days is the the time it takes to detect a breach but four years that is really long time and i think it just shows that people are still not monitoring their networks they're not doing the basics right and they're not plugging the vulnerabilities and of course this year saw gdpr come into play yep uh how do you think we've been doing and do you think it's been a success so far 
I think GDPR, obviously a lot of people were spending a lot of money um, in fearful of not being in compliance. I think a lot of small companies are still not in compliance. I think they're probably waiting for an audit or something to happen, maybe purely because of budget. Um, and I know that from having spoken to other companies that haven't done it. Um, but I dare say the large organisations have done a good job. I think the Data Protection Commissioner in Ireland has done an amazing job, given that all the large social media giants and other tech companies are based out of Ireland, um, and she's the you know she's the main DPC for those organisations. Um, so they've put in lots of good policies and processes, and um, managing third-party risk as well is, is key. Um, so I think it's been done well, but I think there's more to do for the smaller organisations because they just see it as a cost and they don't perceive as being applicable to them when really it is. And if they want to do large business, um, do business with larger companies, they're going to have to be compliant. So even ourselves, why look at us as an organization to do business with you know, 100,000 staff? They ask us, are you GDPR compliant? Are you ISO 27,000 compliant? It's the cost of doing business. If you want to do business with the large companies, you have to do it. So um, I dare say there's more uh, to come in terms of the smaller mid-sized companies, but the large ones have done a good job. Any advice on that for the SMEs? I think there's a very thoughtful and pragmatic way to do this. It's cost-effective. There are templates out there that are readily readily available. There are consultants that won't charge you an arm and a leg. So there's often a fear that they're going to rip me off. That's not the case. They're there to help you. If you have people in your network, I can can recommend people left, right and centre, right? But it's ultimately, it is cost-effective. And if it means you're going to get far more business, it's an investment. It's an investment in protecting your clients. It's an investment in your business development as much as obviously protecting the data. And, you know, at the end of the day, you need to know what data you have. You need to know where it is. You need to know who's processing it on your behalf. And ultimately, you're protecting your, your um, end user, which is ultimately what GDPR is all about, is you know, right to privacy for your clients. And so looking to 2019, looking at the year ahead, what are your predictions? My predictions for 2019 are more of the same where cybercriminals are targeting people. They're going to continue to do with phishing emails because you know, email filtering is not going to stop it. SMS is on the increase big time now where they're using t- uh, t- SMS text messages. And the reason for that is they want to go onto the phone. Cyber criminals go where people go. And people are going onto mobile devices and tablets. And that's what they're doing with SMS messages. But then there's also the, the aspect of uh, the IoT uh, items, obviously connected homes, being exploited, vulnerabilities. Who's monitoring those networks? Nobody is. You know, so it's incumbent on um, those providers to do a better job of securing them. But I do see a lot of exploits maybe coming as a consequence of that. Another uh, item that I, is close to my heart uh, is fintech. And fintech encompasses lots of microservices that are interconnected. Whether you're a challenger bank or a large bank that's trying to be innovative or be seen to be innovative, you're leveraging blockchain or you're looking at microservices to you know, reduce your costs be more user-friendly because with the younger population they want more feature-rich content on mobile devices and applications that does more gives them more ownership of their money and what happens with it but as a consequence of all those things vulnerabilities are coming in and because they're working with microservices that are provided by different entities that's third-party risk and unless you know fully end-to-end are those vulnerabilities being maintained what if a breach happens in the middle of it i foresee a major issue when it comes to that whole stack of fintech and the microservices that if you know if it can be exploited it will we've, we've known that history has always told us there will be vulnerabilities introduced and because it's now a third party lots of different service providers we're relying on a hell of a lot of people to be doing good things here so psd2 and all those type of things i'd say watch the space i think there's issues coming down the track on that and are you concerned about nation states as well and and our 
election systems? I think that's always going to be there. I think nation states are always targeting each other. It's not just the Chinese. It's not just the Iranians or the Syrians uh, or the Russians, for that matter. They're all doing it to each other, and they've been doing it for years and years and years. I think ultimately what can happen is that they can cause a very large aggregate event, and by that I mean um, they may target a, an economy, like a banking system, in the USA just to disrupt the US economy. But the problem is that gets everybody caught in the crosshairs, and whether that be business, whether that be the end user who wants to use the bank to do whatever they need to do. I think uh, GCHQ and NCSC have recently called out that they anticipate a Tier 1 event happening sooner rather than later. I used to work with RMS, a risk modeling company, where they tried to do risk aggregation events, which is if something were to happen that's systemically ingrained in lots of different systems, what would that look like? And whilst it's never happened before, I can definitely see that happening because with people using um, the same system throughout multiple different uh, solutions and multiple different companies. So nation states are obviously constantly trying to do that. So when it comes to elections, to answer your other side of that question, I think... Trying to sow information out there, whether it be doubt, whether it be to meddle in elections um, based on you know, populist topics, the right thing to say when it's actually it can never be implemented because it's not born out of reality, uh, whether it be cost, whether it be the ability to implement it, um, you know they're going to keep doing that. So misinformation and whatnot, it's going to be prevalent. I think trying to arm people with enough information that are able to see fake news, if you call it that, and misinformation that they make it for the right reasons and don't just go with the populist view. Um, so that's going to continue, for sure. And what would you like to see happen? Maybe there's some regulation, legislation to be put in place or uh, money spent in a particular area. What would you like to see? I think a regulation that really calls out the need to focus on the person and not just do technology best practice. I think I keep calling it out time and time again that the human and the staff member, both at home and in the workplace, is being targeted. There are uh, ISO 27001, NIST, COVID, Cyber Essentials. They all talk about trying to run security awareness campaigns against people, but it's not mandatory. And I think it's, I think it's incumbent on companies to really focus on the staff member and help them become more aware both in their personal life as well as in their professional life because if you can affect change in personal life it becomes more stickier which in turn affects the business but they're also doing a really good thing we also recently wrote about um, the police force and um, training over 120,000 uh, police uh, staff and the whole point I see in that is we do training for people who are caught speeding why can't we do the same for police officers to be able to train people when it comes to being cyber savvy and how to protect themselves? Being, doing, being, doing, being able to do good in the community and helping people again in their personal lives and maybe also companies, the small and mid-sized companies that don't have a huge amount of money but could actually really benefit from being made more aware and focusing on the people and the staff and patching systems, really best practices. They'd be two things I'd talk about. I feel like people are talking less about being 100% protected because obviously that's that's not going to be possible. Mm-hmm. Um, they're talking more about resiliency and resiliency has been the word of mm-hmm. 2018. Are we getting better? Are we getting better at this whole cybersecurity thing? I think we're getting better because we're learning from mistakes, right? So the number of incidents hasn't gone down. Over 71.1 billion has been spent on technical defenses, yet the number of incidents continues to go up. The reason predominantly for that is that the people are still being targeted, right? So that's the number one thing. Um, 
so one would say that we're not doing as good a job in that area but that's why I was saying to you becoming more mandatory to focus on the person that's going to have the biggest effect possible um, so we need to do better on that but we are learning uh, more regulatory frameworks are coming out ISO 27000 NIST they're all focusing on what are the main reasons what do we need to do better and I think you know more money has been spent obviously uh, from governments are allocating more money to it um, but companies are also doing that and um, I would flip that over and say that they can't hire enough staff. There's not another you know, shortage. And that's where managed security service providers are able to step into the breach and offer that service um, in an affordable way. And I think companies need to realize that this is a cost of the business. They could actually go out of business if they're not doing this right. And they obviously have to protect data. They have to protect their clients' data, protect their own employees' data. And they just need to focus on doing a better job around that and not just wait until an incident happens to, to do something about it. Thank you, Stephen. And now time for our cyber tip of the week. Run a full antivirus scan of your devices on a regular basis and anytime you think your device is running slowly. Thank you for listening. Do tweet us your questions and comments on Twitter to at Tice, T-E-I-S-S. And if you liked what you heard here, Please do share and rate our podcast on iTunes. It's appreciated and helps with our visibility to be found by other fellow cyber enthusiasts. That's all we have time for, unfortunately. Here's to a breach-free 2019 and a happy new year to you.